you have now entered the bonus episode. Enjoy. What do Jackson and Betty White have in common? They both pretend to be Mainers on this episode of Homegrown Horror. Hello, and welcome to the bonus episode of Homegrown Horror. I'm B. I'm Jackson. I'm really excited about this. Uh, just to kind of give everybody also an idea of why we're doing this. So once a month, we're going to be doing a bonus episode of Homegrown Horror of main-themed horror films. Yeah, because there is there are a lot, and I feel like we would be remiss to completely ignore it. <laughs> I think also it just kind of gives us a little palate cleanse from, you know, talking about murder or sort of depressing stuff like and that. And actual things that are happening. Yeah, and actual things that are happening. Why don't we add a little, uh, little hilarity or a little more hilarity to this situation? Exactly. And so. holy shit, Lake Placid is full of great liners, great moments. I love Lake Placid. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care what IMDb rating. I don't care about Rotten Tomatoes rating. I grew up with this movie. I watched it for the first time when I was like seven years old. I love this movie. <laughs> this was my, I realized this is, this last night we watched this. And this was my first time seeing the entire movie, like, front to back. <laughs> I was thinking of an entirely different movie when you mentioned Lake Placid. What were you thinking of? I'm not even quite sure. I'm not sure whatever <laughs> I was imagining actually exists, to be honest. Maybe I was thinking of Piranha? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of, especially after Jaws, there are a lot of movies that try and accomplish the same thing, where they have a killer like not a monster but like a monster of an animal Mm -hmm. whether it be a shark a piranha an anaconda Mm -hmm. another one of my favorites (laughs) a crocodile you know they want to take the reality and sort of bump it up to a thousand right and that's what this movie does in kind of a stupid way but i love so much. I know, yeah. No, this really does hit on a lot of the corniness of like horror movies in the late 90s. When I was watching this thing, I was like, this is just quintessential 90s. It really is. You There's... wanted to encapsulate base what the entire film industry was, you just show this film. <laughs> I do like that it doesn't take itself super seriously. I've never seen any of the follow-up movies because I think there are like four Lake Placids total. Yeah, they're... which is upsetting to me because I think it works so well as just this stupid little nineties nineteen nineties movie. It sets it up self up though so perfectly for sequels at the end of I know the Lake Placid though. But I feel like it's better left up to your imagination. Yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah, percent it is. Lake Placid for everybody who doesn't know about Lake Placid, it came out in nineteen ninety nine. It's rated R for violence, sexual themes. And boy, is it sexual. This is a horny movie. It's dude. very, very <laughs> horny. It is a horny movie about an alligator in Maine. Yeah, Crocodile. No. Crocodile. 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 We got to get that right. Um, <laughs> it, it features Bridget Fonda as Kelly Scott, a paleontologist, New York snob. Um, <laughs> and also, yeah. we got Bill Pullman as uh, Jack Wells. Who is the main game warden for Aroostook County? Aroostook. Aroostook County. Got Oliver Platt as Hector Sear, the famous, um, some wealthy, wealthy museum owner, I guess. 
And he's a. She says he's a myth. A professor of mythological studies. All right, a professor of mythological studies. Oh my god. Uh, I have to say though, like out of everybody's credits that I was looking through here. Oliver Platt, you know, seems to be in a lot of films overall, but everybody's doing TV at this point, it looks like. Yeah. And then Bill Pullman, he was in Independence Day, Spaceballs, Independence Day Resurgence, both Equalizers and The Grudge. He was in The Grudge? Yeah, apparently he was in The Grudge. I think he was one of the, I think he was the main protagonist even. I don't know. I just remember Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um... Oliver Platt, though, was in 2012, Three Musketeers, Bicentennial Man. Um, and, yeah, his last appearance was in, like, Chicago Med episodes. Okay. So yeah. he's he hanging out. He's still getting work, but... But then we have our some of our uh, surprise little uh, get appearances here. We got Mad-Eye Moody. <laughs> in my notes, he's just Mad-Eye Moody. Yeah, I just <laughs> wrote Mad-Eye the entire time. But I feel so bad because he's been in other works that I cannot remember right now. <laughs> and he's like a legitimate actor. I'd <laughs> say like he was the most legitimate out of all of the characters we saw. And it's nice because he's... I, I forgot that he actually has a really big part through the whole movie. And he's actually kind of the... My favorite part mm-hmm. is watching him. Would you say that he's the real protagonist of this situation? Because he yeah. was there at the beginning. Yes, I would actually say that this movie is actually really about him. Yeah, I 100% say that. Oh, yeah. Oh, we can't forget Betty White is yes, also Betty White is in this. a big player in this whole situation. Is probably the main reason that this is even happening. She <laughs> is the most sus, and I really like the way that she... Does it? It's also interesting to me that in 1999, she was old. Yeah. It's 2021. Yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't appear to have aged from her performance in Lake Placid. I'd say that she's just shrunk. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> she's shrunk quite a bit. <laughs> like, I'm thinking of Lake Placid, and then I'm thinking of Grandma's Boy. And today, <laughs> she's shrunk quite a lot over the yeah. years. <laughs> but in the face. In the face, she hasn't really changed. No, no, for sure. Yeah, she's still... A poo- it's got to be the moisturizer. <laughs> Lots of moisturizer. Okay, I, I didn't tell you, though, like, we got directed by Steve Miner. I have no idea. I've never heard that name. Yeah, you wouldn't. <laughs> recently, most of his career is doing a lot of episodes of uh, TV recently. Um, and before Lake Placid, the year before Lake Placid... He directed Hollywood, uh, Halloween H20, 20 years later. H2O. H2O. We, yeah, yeah, as far as I'm aware, it's Halloween H2O. He also directed four episodes of Dawson's Creek uh, the year before Lake Placid. That's a fucking weird joke, yeah. but okay. Right? Um, and then one of his probably, I would say, his most famous credits here... It's going to be Friday the 13th, parts 2 and 3. Okay. Right? I thought you were going to say something ridiculous, like part 13 of, yeah. No, 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 yeah. So he's he's pretty early in the Friday the 13th. Which is, I guess franchise. that's why he was brought on. I don't know the history of like how the studio set up this, set up this film. Um, but I can see why they might have picked him. But I mean, his most, right, the prior year he doing uh, H2O. I guess it makes sense for him to be in this kind of like campy 
lake monster. Yeah, <laughs> 90s lake monster sort of thing. So it was easy to probably just tap him and be like, hey, quick, quick. Because I also think that this movie probably was a cash grab. Um, Did you happen to get box office at all? Or like no, budget? That's no, fine. I didn't look that up. That's okay. I don't know... I don't know what the budget for this movie was, but a lot of movies in the 90s really were just studios sort of piggybacking off of things that were popular in the 90s, which yeah. is this sort of uh, female-led girl power kind of thing, which we sort of see with Bridget Fonda's character, but she honestly just comes off as being a total bitch. She does come off as being like insanely mean even at the end i thought she was going to be really sweet to jack wells but she was actually very mean she's just a jerk from start to finish (laughs) and i get it that she's a little sore um right off the bat like when we're first introduced to bridget uh we see her like dusting off bones in the main like museum like workspace i guess yeah and she apparently has a relationship with the museum director who then they reveal right there that like one of her colleagues is sleeping with the director and she just has to hang out with the director. And um, yeah. I also would like to point out yeah. that the colleague that is sleeping with the director is Mershka Hargitay. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> we didn't see her at all for the rest of no, the no, movie. No, 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 no. She literally makes a very split second appearance, which is why I was like, excuse me? <laughs> I looked it up immediately because, like, there's no way that that's her. It's her. A hundred percent. Wow. Literally just there for I want to say conser- conservatively less than a minute. And she plays so corny. That's what I love about everybody's delivery throughout this. Everyone's so fucking corny. It's. <laughs> but so... that's a very '90s actor trope. But that's though. why I really like it is because it's not. No one's taking themselves super seriously. Yeah, they shouldn't. <laughs> it's just a fun, stupid movie. Um, I wanted to throw this last credit out here, but the writer is David Kelly. Um, and he does, he's done mostly TV from what I could see, Uh but he's in a very specific writer for TV. He does a lot of legal drama. Really? Yes. He has a bunch of credits, um, specifically in Boston Legal, LA Law, and The Practice. He's producer, writer for, like, these very legal-based programs. And he has a bunch of other credits as well, a lot of them relating to law. And the, apparently, he's coming out with um, helping write a couple episodes, I guess, of um, The Lincoln Lawyer, which was announced going to be, like, a TV series. Okay. So he's, like, slotted in for that. I wonder if this is just a passion project of his. Like Lake Placid? He, he really <laughs> likes this sort of... I mean, because if he's already writing for TV, then he could probably go to a studio and be like, hey, you know that I can do this thing. Please just take my script. Like, I really want you to do this. It's stupid. And I just really want to write some funny jokes. Yeah, I want to know more about the relationship between the studio and Mr. (laughs) Dave Kelly. That's something I wanted to, I should have looked into more. But it would be really cool to see how did everybody come together to make this Whose idea was it? Whose fever dream was this? This horny ass fever dream about a crocodile. And again, I think it's really interesting that it's in Maine. I feel like the only reason it takes place in Maine is because they were just kind of like, where's the least likely place that we'd have a crocodile? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just And they even say right off the bat, one of the big plot holes in this whole situation is like, how would it survive the winters? We don't really talk about that no, at all. <laughs> how does it survive the winters? Exactly. Oh my God. And some of these horny, this fucking horny dialogue throughout this whole movie. I have so many quotes. <laughs> You're a saucy flirt. <laughs> What about Oliver dancing with the the girl, one of the deputies in the at the in the tent when he first shows up? And he says, and he "You have such wonderful, have such wonderful, wonderful boobs." Big, <laughs> he said, did he say wonderful boobs or wonderful big boobs? It's wonderful big boobs. It was the most childish thing I think I've ever heard. He's like, she's so into it. That's the other thing is I'm like. I don't know why she's into it. I also really don't know why Bridget Fonda is sleeping with her boss because he is not attractive he you know he's is it the power it's the power yeah (laughs) the power that is bestowed upon you when you're the director of the natural history museum in In new york York. (laughs) it goes right to your head (laughs) so you're sleeping with all of the really hot paleontologists that you have on staff i got access to some of the hottest nerds out there (laughs) (laughs) i mean for being a paleontologist Bridget Fonda is very sexy. <laughs> <laughs> she is like, as far as uh, depictions of paleontologists, I still gotta go with literally all the paleontologists from the first Jurassic Park, Park movie. Yep, sexiest they're all... paleontologists. So I guess there. Jurassic Park has set this bar in the '90s that paleontologists have to be sexy as fuck. Yeah, actually, when we're thinking about, I'm thinking about paleontologists uh, that have appeared in different films and like Jurassic Park being the biggest one we gotta look into this are all paleontologists depicted as just hunks or just sexy characters <laughs> <laughs> they're getting it regularly like they all and it also is like they're all sleeping with each other kind of <laughs> is harrison ford technically a paleontologist in indiana jones no he's not a paleontologist no, he he's not. like historian troublemaker <laughs> <laughs> Well, Historian, historical troublemaker, polyglot, great shot. I loved Betty White just saying, Officer, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Betty. <laughs> so, we all, I've already kind of explained how I feel about this movie. I love this movie. I still love this movie. And as an adult, I think the jokes are a lot funnier than when I was seven. Because there's one scene where Hector is just sort of like to Mad-Eye Moody. says, you know, you can skin my fat log or something (laughs) i remember just being like what does that mean as a child it's a lot funnier now as an adult so i love it how do you feel about this movie jackson well i've gonna try to rate this on sort of a system i'm making up right now on the spot okay um i'm disappointed in the kill count i gotta say and if we're talking about um a horror something to actually be afraid of this isn't really a creature that I'm really afraid of when I'm watching the film necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's like your danger really seems like only in the water. They talked a bit about, oh, but what if it comes out of the water? It comes out of the water sort of at the end, but it gets trapped in a helicopter. Yeah, so it doesn't it's really not come really out of on water. land. I mean, we do see it. It has, I don't know if it's like throwing up its catches, but like there are lots of whole body parts that are end up on land. Yeah. Well, because it's easier to make a dismembered head and dismembered arm or whatever than, you know, 
bits and pieces of just getting messy everywhere, right? <laughs> right. So, I mean, we do, so obviously those have to get on land at some point, uh-huh. but there really is not any action with the crocodile on land. It is all in the water. Yeah, it's all in the water. Um, the Hector Seer character, he's able to like swim with the, uh, the croc for like good couple minutes. Like he, he's seen, he is in danger in the situation. Yeah. But yeah, he's just kind of chilling for a second, just kind of paddling away slowly, not to like trigger it to attack. But yeah, only two kills, one guy getting ripped in half right at the beginning when Mad-Eye pulls him out of the water and just his legs are gone. Now that was, uh, visually, that was very like well done, I think. It is very time. well done, especially like, cause we see the body again later. Yeah. And I think that it is such a good image. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really, there's only one other kill besides that. Not yeah. a whole lot happens. Tone, and... tone set pretty well, I think, with that initial kill. But then, yeah, then we have just the one uh, deputy fodder uh, getting his head bitten off. God, that poor guy. <laughs> so How many deputies get? So aside from the kill count, <laughs> besides being disappointed in the kill count. You know, character-wise, I thought, it, I uh, disappointed in the kill count. But overall, very funny, stupid film. I would say that this is like, I love a film that's just corny as hell and very bee feeling. Um, so this is a way up my alley for that kind of like funny bone. Yeah, that, that I makes get. me very happy because Jackson knows I have very terrible taste in TV and apparently I also have terrible taste in movies. <laughs> so I'm happy that you liked it. <laughs> I liked it just fine. I appreciate it for what it is. I appreciate most films for what they are. Yeah. And this is very clearly just meant to be a hokey B-horror movie. Like, yeah. would you classify this as a horror movie? I, that's the thing is, I don't know if I would classify this as really a horror movie. It's a comedy movie. Yeah. That is, has somewhat thrilling aspects. Yeah. And a little bit of gore. Yeah. A lot of, like, uh, yeah, no terror is really felt from any of the characters either. The most emotion we get is from Mad-Eye after one of the deputies gets his head, like, bitten off. Yeah. And he talks about, like, oh, he was my friend. But he didn't give a shit about the guy. No, and he, he told him whether so, that was missing his legs at the beginning. <laughs> let's start there at the beginning. All right. So we open on the county sheriff, Mad-Eye Moody, mm-hmm. who that's going to be who he is from now on. I'm sorry. I know you do other things, but you're Mad-Eye Moody. And then a dude from the fish and game department, and they are tagging Beaver. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we kind of get this thing that, the sheriff's office doesn't really get along with the fish and game people. It seems like there's a little bit of tension. And we do see that later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're in Arista County. So we're kind of up there. So this is actually on Black Lake, which you said is real. Yeah, Black Lake is a real location and pretty much right in the middle of the county. Um, and it is tiny. We get a larger kind of, I think, look at this lake. Yeah. Well, the only real locations we get out of the lake at a given time, it seems, is um, next to Betty White's farm. Yes. And the cove where the croc sits, which I guess if you were to look at the lake end to end, you could say those are the only two real locations of it. But it yeah. is a tiny lake. It doesn't seem like something where a 30-foot crocodile would be able to grow and live 
for a long time without anybody noticing. Like, speaking of which, this, that first kill is what the sheriffs say, like, we've never had any problems over here. We haven't had any disappearances before. I wonder if people just don't, I mean, we don't ever see anybody else swimming in that lake. Like, there are, I mean, I, you know, in Southern Maine, everybody goes to Sebago Lake to go swimming. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of what I think of. But this honestly appears, it looks more like a pond. Yeah. In the way that it looks, where it's very murky. There's a lot of trees and branches in it. And Mm -hmm. it appears relatively untouched. I don't know what the... I don't know what the sort of like fun thing to do in Arista County is, but one would think that people would be swimming in there and one <laughs> would think that we would have more of an issue. Especially yeah. since we find out later that Betty White says that she has at least seen the crocodile for the last six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nothing has happened. Well, we find out something did well, yes. happen. Yeah. But, yeah, so... This guy is underwater, and he is trying to find the beavers, but mm-hmm. they're surprisingly absent. There mm-hmm. is, uh, there are two jump scares here. Yeah. One with a turtle, <laughs> <laughs> and one with a beaver. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, so beaver's in there. I'm not going to go follow it. So he goes up into the dam, and he f- gets fucked up pretty quickly by this crocodile oh it was a classic like this is why i like the kills so much at the beginning though um not only because it was just visually very cool but they did a classic sort of trope of being attacked in the water guy pops up it's like ah! and then is dragged through the water yes. <laughs> it's just like yeah, it's classic drag situation here yeah and then is let go it's very um, much like the beginning of jaws where she's dragged around exactly. in the water and you do get some interspersed cuts of the crocodile's teeth, and it's very... What do you think the initial pitches of this uh, movie was like? I think it was, uh, let's do Jaws, but in a lake. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jaws made a lot of money, let's do this. (laughs) And also, because Jaws does also take place in New England. Yeah, true. So... Also in Maine? Not in Maine. Massachusetts, I believe. Okay. Hmm. I think it's supposed to be, like, kind of... Cape Cotty. I thought there was something to involved with Maine. We'll look it up later. Yeah. So, yeah. So this guy gets fucked up. Mad-Eye Moody is like, oh my god, oh my god, trying to like get him into the boat. And mm-hmm. when he pulls him up, this guy's missing the entire lower half of his body. His intestines are coming out. Yeah. It's kind of a beautiful image. Yeah. Of him just there. Grotesquely beautiful. Uh, kudos to those, uh, the makeups affects people. Absolutely. Um, the fucking corpse. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was great. And, Very well done. But it is really interesting because Mad-Eye Moody in this instance is just kind of like, the fuck? No <laughs> other sort of emotions. Just Could have been very, rare. <laughs> what the fuck? So we, then we get shot over to uh, look at the Natural History uh, Museum in New York by Central Park. Mm-hmm. It's very clearly that. And that's the image we get right off the bat. We shoot to um, Bridget Fonda in her office area, basically right away being confronted with the, um, with the like, uh, relationship issues and her colleague. Yeah, we get her boss calling her into his office. Yeah. And then immediately after, we get Mariska Hargitay coming in and saying, like, 
I'm so sorry. And Bridget's like, wait, how do you know? She doesn't really, she doesn't really say say sorry. sorry. She just says the heart wants Wants what what the heart wants. wants. (laughs) Like, wow, cool. And then immediately after her boss comes back and is like, hey, so I have a job for you. I'm sending you to Maine. I'm allergic to timber. (laughs) So I just have a note that's like, asshole boss sends ex-girlfriend and employee on field work out to Maine. Where I'm trying to fulfill an office fantasy, and it'll be really awkward if you're still here. <laughs> right, because she even says, she's like, I don't do field work, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. I'm like, is this in the job description? Can she say no? But the reason why they're sending her is because they found a tooth Yeah. in this guy's body. Yeah. My favorite part, though, is <laughs> the guy's just like, killed by something, probably a bear. Yeah. <laughs> and then we also get bears don't attack people underwater. <laughs> well, have you they ruled were in the out middle of the lake. <laughs> but yeah, she says, I'm allergic to timber. <laughs> but uh, she gets shipped off to Maine anyway. She gets up to Maine, meets Jack Wells, I think, pretty much immediately as she's unpacking, right? She Well, she sees Mad Eye first, and oh, yeah. he brings her into the morgue to see the tooth. And she's like, holy fucking shit, this is definitely something reptilian. Mm-hmm. And then she's a dumbass and is like, I want to see the body. And they're like, you sure about that? And she sees it and she sort of is like, oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, so she very quickly, uh, she there's this sort of relationship established with Mad-Eye that they've got this definite, they have this tension. It's just, you know, like, small town sheriff and big time New York paleontologist. Yeah. What shenanigans will they get up to as they try and figure out this mystery together? You say sheriff, but this is a game warden. <laughs> yeah, he's a game warden. I, uh, yeah, in my notes, I have sheriff. He's, pro- I think he's, yeah, whatever. I love that the idea of this badass team that's being created, and it's like, what we got? What we got? A game warden and, and a paleontologist. <laughs> and then that's when we meet Jack Wells, who I think yeah. he might be the sheriff. No, no. Uh, what is he? Mad Eye is the sheriff. Jack is the game warden. Okay, there we go. So, yeah. So, Jack and Mad-Eye are very off-put by this lady, but there is there is some sexual tension between mm-hmm. Jack Wells. Daddy Jack Wells. Daddy Jack. <laughs> Daddy Jack and Bridget Fonda. Yeah, they eye-fuck basically the, the entire movie. The whole movie. movie. <laughs> so, they... Oh, and you love that shit where... Um... Bridget Fonda, like, applies the bug spray wrong. She just sprays around herself. <laughs> Gotta get these mosquitoes. She's like, I hate mosquitoes. I hate mosquitoes. Yeah, the first thing is I'm allergic to timber, and then she's like, I hate mosquitoes. Later she says, I can't stand ticks. I don't do ticks. Does anybody do ticks, Bridget Fonda? <laughs> Nobody does Lyme disease, Bridget. Nobody fucking wants that for their life, Bridget. <laughs> But, so we go to Betty White's house? Yeah, they go to Betty White's house first, and she is immediately sus. Yeah, super sus. Also, immediately uh, mentions her husband dying and not reporting that. Yeah, and Mad-Eye Moody is like, I don't have any records of that, ma'am. And she's like, well, of course not. I killed him. I killed him. I hit him with a frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> I hit it. Yeah, she says... I hit him on the head with a skillet and buried him under the bulkhead. You can oh, dig man. him up if you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so good. So fucking good. Um, 
we move on like from there and be Betty White being super sus to like the middle of the like first investigation of the lake, I think. Mm-hmm. They are talking about they're going to set up camp mm-hmm. and she's like, wait, we're camping. I thought we were going to be in a Ramada Inn. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, do what? <laughs> That's I, cause I, I immediately was like, okay, people go camping in New York. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, it's like, this isn't anything new to her. You got the cats. Kittles kittles. Right there. <laughs> and I mean, Emily, your wife did mention, she's like, well, there are different types of people in New York. She's just not a camp gal. I'm like, okay, fine, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough, sure. But she's a paleontologist. She's, you know, she has to have had gone camping at like, some point. Look, we see we see at the beginning of Jurassic Park where we have Ellie and, um, what's his name? Dr. Grant. Dr. Grant. They're out in the middle of a desert. Yeah, no, they're in the field. They're, they're doing in the their field. Thing. Yeah, they they aren't in a Ramada Inn. <laughs> but again, they don't have a job at the Natural History Museum in New York City. Sounds like Kelly Scott's had like a pretty cushy lifestyle overall. Yeah, bring the fossil to me and then I'll look at Which it. Which is also here. probably maybe um, because she's dating the museum director. She yeah. doesn't really have to do that. So... They are setting up camp, and they do go back oh, out on the lake. Oh, and this is when they f- then now encounter the... They pull out... The croc, or what? First, they pull out a moose head. Right. Just a, <laughs> a full decapitated moose. Yeah. Straight up. Uh, that Those things are fucking big. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gives us an idea of what we are dealing with. How many deputies you got? How many deputies? Yep. He's that like, was our bigger boat moment. Yes. He's like, we're going to need a bigger boat. How many, How many deputies, deputies got? you got? <laughs> we're going to have to feed a whole bunch of deputies, deputies. to this thing. <laughs> yes. So they go They go to camp and they, you know, they have tents and Bridget Fonda is so unhappy. There's another woman there yeah. and she kind of does that whole thing. She's like, are they perverts? She's calling Maynard's dirty like every opportunity she can also. Oh, absolutely. Like, so, so freaking rude to the people around her. Um, oh, and then freaking Jack Wells says what's ev- what's on everybody's mind at this point for Kelly. Like, why, are you, why did you come out to the lake? Why are you here? You don't have to be here. Yeah, her job was done back at the morgue, literally like showing up within 10 minutes of being there. Like, yeah, she was she's, in the morgue. She just needed tooth. to look at the tooth and confirm, yes, this is reptilian. Yes, this is reptilian. Also, this is fresh. And she, her job was done at that moment. Yeah, she, she could have left. She <laughs> never... She never really gives a good answer as to why she is staying. And I'm wondering if it's just because she thinks she might be able to fuck Daddy Jack. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing, I, I think her whole reason for staying is like, I don't want to go back to New York. because Oh, she I does to, say, yeah, she does say I that. I have to deal with that. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to put myself in harm's way. <laughs> what are you doing out at the lake? Oh, and this is the moment where we get introduced to Oliver coming in on his water helicopter landing. Yes. Uh-huh. And just pissing off literally everybody Immediately. there. Immediately. So, yeah. So, Hector Sear shows up. He's this rich mythology professor who loves crocodiles. And as soon as he... We don't really ever figure out how he catches wind of this being a crocodile. He probably... Well, if the Natural History Museum knows... Because he and Kelly are familiar with each other. Uh So it's possible that he heard through that. But 
he comes up very, uh, has no sense of boundaries whatsoever. No. I think the first thing he says to one of the only women there is, mm, the earth is round and so shall you be. Yes. <laughs> Which is, I guess, him saying, I'm going to get you pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that and also just out of nowhere, he's like, did Kelly tell you that we slept together? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. So logically, their next, um, you know, they realize how big of a problem they're dealing with. And their next logical idea is to let's take two canoes out to the lake and get a close up look at this giant monster. And I just have a note just like I would not be canoeing on that fucking lake right now. No. And no. Can- <laughs> canoe shenanigans immediately happen. Like, the crack is, I think, a prankster. He doesn't kill anybody when they're in the canoe. No, he knocks them over. Yeah, he just flips them. Like, nose up, like, flip. Not just, like, tipping over, but, like, no. nose up, uh, flip. flip. Both, um, is Oliver and, uh, Kelly get sent out of the boat. I thought it was, it's Mad-Eye. Oh, it's Mad-Eye and Kelly? Yeah. They Mad-Eye and Kelly yeah. get immediately flipped out of the boat. Um, no one dies. And they immediately go back to shore. <laughs> oh, I did want to point out, we also get our first sort of like clue whenever this, it's like, whenever this happens, the croc is about to show up, the white perch. Mm-hmm. And Mad-Eye is like, see all those white perch, they're like flopping out of the water. Yeah. And Kelly says, are they feeding? And he says, no, they're not feeding. They're scared. They're scared. And that's when the flip <laughs> happens. So this occurs later on. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like that sort of, you know how in horror movies there's the music that indicates there's about to be a jump scare. Yeah. That's what we're getting. We're Uh, like, there's about to be a scare here. Here's uh, some white perch. (laughs) So we get back to the camp and that I sees two dudes digging a hole. Two dudes digging a hole. What are you doing? We're paid to do this. Yeah. So... Hector paid them $500 to dig a crocodile trap. And my too, question for too you low, is... Too low. I was going to ask you, would you do it? For that asshole, like literally just met him and I'm digging it with another... I'd probably do it for $500, honestly. You would? $500 for what is, I'm assuming, I got another person helping me out. This is literally probably three hours of work to dig this hole. But you know he's worth more. He is worth more. Wouldn't That's you true. Jackass, a little You know what? You're right. Seeing a jackass <laughs> come in on a hel- some he rich has a asshole, helicopter. Come in on a helicopter, immediately demean all the women and piss everybody off. It's like, yeah, let's try to start bidding at a thousand, I guess. Yeah, yeah. you're right. <laughs> the other thing that's happening is Hector is having a party. Mm-hmm. He. It's interesting because even though he's kind of pissed everybody off, they all want to party with him. Yeah, yeah. A rich guy coming in. You have such big, wonderful boobs. Yeah, so that's when he's dancing with the female deputy. Yeah. And she's really, it's, I'm happy that she's into it mm-hmm. because it would be very awkward otherwise. Yeah, right? No, that would really rain on his per- parade. It's like, could you, could you get everybody out? We're going to try to mate. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so. Then we have the. Um, oh, this is where she says. Let's force the. Fucking... I'm here and I'm staying unless there are ticks. <laughs> is this the love scene also? I, one of the first ones, maybe. Yeah, this is the first. Like we get a, a shot of Jack Wells and uh, Kelly 
hanging out on the shoreline and Kelly's talking about skipping stones. And yes. this is where we force the romantic so, relationship yes, to do. blossom. <laughs> we absolutely do. And also, we everybody goes to sleep. Mad-Eye Moody comes out, has really nice legs. He's wearing boxers, he gets out to pee, and I'm immediately like, wow, those legs are really nice. You pointed out something really amazing here about this shot also, was that there's steam coming off of the pee. Yes. You can see steam in the background, and you're like, they put this much effort effort into him peeing in the woods. Yes, they're like, we want this to be very realistic. Rain is cold, so there should be steam Steam. coming off the pee. Yes. Exactly. And so he hears rustling in the bushes. He goes to see who it is or what it is. He's thinking it's a crocodile. Maybe we're about to get some rad on land crocodile action. It's just Hector. Yep. Just Hector setting traps, being a goofball. And, uh, you know, this is, I think, his first warning by Jack. Like, if you jeopardize this situation, you're out of here. And we do find out that this is where we find out that he thinks Hector thinks crocodiles are his god. Yeah, Kelly does a whole, like, apology for him. Like, I'm sorry he's an ass, but, you know, it's like he's he's super into crocodiles. And it's like he he does have some religious belief that they're gods of some sort. It's very upsetting because we never get more. I had mentioned that while we were watching it. I'm like, we never get more backstory. And Emily was like, maybe we will. And I'm like, no, we never do. <laughs> and she was like, excuse me? Because <laughs> it's so perfectly set up. Honestly... Yeah. I think a prequel would have been great where we actually get some of Hector's, like, crazy crocodile antics. Let's, or a video game where you get to play as Hector. Oh my god. Guys, yes. Let's get on the Lake Placid prequel video game. I'm into it. Where we follow the douchiest rich man on the planet. Uh-huh. Uncovering his mystical beliefs in crocodiles. Oh, and then we also get some more main shade... Because he says to Mad-Eye Moody, I'm trying to save your life so you can have more sex with your sister. (laughs) Like, hello, welcome to the main hillbillies. Yeah. (laughs) We know how people, you know, we have Kelly and Hector both really playing up those stereotypes. Yes. But I will say one of the things that I actually very much appreciate is a lot of the people that we see that are Mainers are just normal people. Mm Mm-hmm. Very much just dudes. I was uh, humming into my cup of coffee. <laughs> um, yeah, very much just normal dudes. No one's really played up to be a stereotype at all. Uh, they don't even do accents. I mentioned I yeah. was very happy there were no accents because I've seen, I've seen almost Maine enough times done with incorrect accents, and they sound like they're from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just better. Because, I mean, I don't think I have an accent, and I'm a Mena. I'm not from up north. So, it only, it I mean, only comes out in, like, very specific words. Yeah, it's when I drop my R's yeah. and my T's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I very much appreciate that they're just like, we're just going to tell this story, and we're not going to create caricatures. Like, what we see of caricature, quote-unquote, is the assumptions that Kelly and Hector make about the people of Maine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's pretty accurate in terms of how people who come in view us a lot of times. For sure. So we get, we're getting up to the second kill of the film here where we have um, deputies, uh, the sheriff, Jack, 
Jack and Hector go into the water. They're doing some research. They have a little sonar device that gets lowered in that is supposed to be attractive to the croc. They go around and do a little, uh, do a little sweep. We get led to believe that um, Hector and Jack are in imminent danger in the situation. Yes, because we see, we see the crocodile around Jack. Yeah, he sees it like the tail of it. He goes after it, which mm-hmm. is ballsy move. <laughs> he and Hector get separated. Yeah, he and Hector get separated. They're off um, just kind of exploring the waters on their own. But at a certain point, is it after Hector goes back into the boat that the anchor gets bit and dragged? That happens before they come up. So they're okay. still both underwater. So on the boat, we have Kelly, we have the deputy, and we have Mad-Eye. Mm-hmm. They're on the boat. Guess which one's going to die. <laughs> yeah. Who's the red shirt in this situation? So the anchor gets pulled, and when it gets pulled, Kelly falls off the back of the boat. Yep, yep. I remember and that. And so mm-hmm. they're still getting pulled by the crocodile, and they're like, fuck, fuck, we have to get back to her. Mm-hmm. And it stops. And so he's, the deputy's pulling up the anchor. And We're led to believe that Kelly's about to get chomped because all of a sudden it's stillness. And it's like, oh, the croc, right. his croc's the playing all along. <laughs> and then we start seeing the white perch again. Yeah. In front of her. And she's like, huh? <laughs> she's like, I am about to die. Yeah. They end up, they get the boat started. They go to her. They get her. And they're seeing something come up. And they're like, oh my God, oh my God. They think they're about to come in contact with the crocodile. It's just Jack. <laughs> yeah. Just Jack. Just Jack. They pull him up. They're like, where's Hector? Mm-hmm. Got separated. Hector surfaces a little farther away. So no one is currently in imminent danger. So we're like, okay. You know, there's all this buildup and then nothing. More of the croc just being a little prankster. So the they tell the deputy to pull up the sonar. Yep. Yep. And his head gets fucking bitten off. <laughs> yeah, he's leaning into the water. The croc comes up and chomp. Yeah, chomp. Just we get this big flash of the crocodile jumping out. Chomp. The cleanest fucking promo crocodile bite he ever. Fall, the body falls in. Mad-Eye is fucked up. Mad-Eye is really taking this hard. He gets back onto the shore and he's just like, people have to console him. Like, a couple people have to console him and say, like, and he's like, yeah, that was my friend. I've known him, like, for a while. We, like, got in the forest together or whatever. Yeah. And so he's really torn up about this um, deputy who, uh, they mentioned his name once and I can't remember it. <laughs> so my question was, is that covered under workers comp? Because it was in the course of his job. I... I, I I mentioned this, um, you know, if he has extent, if he has family, then they I guess it is. They probably will have to pay out. <laughs> they have to pay out, yeah. <laughs> and the reason I ask that is because I work, I, I work in workers' comp, <laughs> so everything I, everything I do goes through that lens. But the other thing that happens in this moment is we have Jack on the phone with Wildlife and Game, mm-hmm. and they are like, we're not coming, we need a confirmed sighting. Yeah. Two people are dead. <laughs> and that is not enough. And right after this is where we have a bear attack taking place. Yes, an actual bear runs, shows up. Runs out, scares everybody. It's a grizzly bear. It's a bear. grizzly bear. There are no <laughs> grizzly bears in Maine. Yeah. It, it is. And also this bear comes up unprovoked. Yeah, comes up so, unprovoked, is attacking. Uh, got its back to the water and... Then that's the shot of where we get the croc 
jumping out, attacking this bear, and just dragging it away. <laughs> yes. And so in this moment, I write confirmed sighting. Yep. So now he just got off the phone with them, can get back on and be like, so I just watched it eat a bear. <laughs> so right now we have two dead men and a bear. A dead bear. Yeah. So, hi, hello, please show up. Right. Yeah, please show up. <laughs> and Allegra, my wife, pointed out that there is a loon. So, very main. Mm-hmm. They were yep. like, here, here's a little detail. There's a loon on the lake. For, you all, you, it. for all you main heads out yeah. here, there's a loon. <laughs> and the eye fucking between Jane, or not Jane Fonda, Bridget Fonda and... Uh, Daddy Jack. Oh, it'd be so continue. much better if it was Jane. <laughs> so, so they're they're eye fucking pretty continuously, and they they because again he asked her was like you don't have to be here and she's like I want to be here. So I don't want to go back to New York. So we um, so this is that and they're reviewing the evidence. They're looking at the croc. They just estimate the croc's like thirty feet. Yes. And we get to the situation of um, they're identifying it, and then they realize while they're doing their little underwater exploration, they found a dead cow. They do. And then they use that to draw the conclusion wait, maybe we should go talk to Betty White again. Yeah. So they're heading to Betty White, and this is where we get the line I have a thing about ticks. <laughs> Does anybody. I do feel very bad for her because also in this moment as they're walking through the woods, she steps on something and it catapults a head, the head of the deputy at her. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> While they're kind of exploring the area around Betty White's place, yeah, the deputy head fucking bolts out of the brush. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she is just, she's like, the second I get hit with a head... It upsets me. And everyone's just trying to tell her to calm down. I'm like, no, she just got hit with a head. Let her have her moment, will you? Like, you can uh, roll your eyes at her thing about ticks and timber. She got hit with a human head. Yeah, yeah. And so they also, they their attention gets drawn to sort of beyond the tree line. We see Betty White mm-hmm. bringing a cow mm-hmm. to the edge of the lake. Super sus. Super sus. Cow's got cow's blindfolded. (laughs) Yeah, cow's blindfolded. And then we pan over. They're using binoculars. We pan over. And like a beagle at the dinner table, we got the croc. The croc waiting patiently. Waiting patiently. He is so stoked. He's a good little boy. He (laughs) he deserves this treat. Mama's bringing him a treat. He's like kind of got his mouth up. He's like, yes. Yes. It's like when Banks knows he's getting something, he's just like mouth open, like. (laughs) (laughs) so yeah she's very sus and she feeds the cow to the crocodile poor the poor cow cow. gets fucked up yeah they immediately go to betty white and they're like please explain to us what we just saw and she says yes fesses up immediately yeah she's like yes i knew that he was in there been doing this for six six years. years Uh, my husband, way, yeah, yeah husband, he says, he says yeah, my husband, she says my husband went out fishing and the croc followed him home. Yeah. And ever since they've been feeding him. Yeah. She says that one day one of their horses got out mm-hmm. and was down at the water. The, the crocodile came up and tried to attack the horse. Her husband intervened and died. Yep. She cares way more about this crocodile than her husband because she's just sort of like, yeah, 
Fuck all my husband died. But you know what? My croc is safe. My croc is safe. And that's why I didn't didn't report it. it. (laughs) I also would like to point out that she says wada. Wada. She does say wada. Yeah, that's true. She does say wada. That's like the one time we get sort of an accent. Good job, Betty White. (laughs) Just one little wada. So yeah, Get so out of she, your officer, fuck me. Uh, so I did, because at this moment I I was wondering, is it legal to feed a crocodile? The answer is no. Because she says, is it illegal for me to feed my cow to the crocodile? And yes, it is. According to chapter 327 of the Wildlife Manual in Florida, feeding or enticement of alligators or crocodiles is unlawful. No person shall intentionally feed or entice with feed any wild American alligator or American crocodile. Yeah, that's only in Florida, though. <laughs> they don't have it in the books out here. <laughs> Are we going to say that because it's not on the books? Yeah, we're doing this air is... bud rules. <laughs> this is definitely how... There's nothing in the books that says a croc can't play soccer now. <laughs> and I did, and this also <laughs> led me to sort of wonder if a crocodile could survive in Maine. And I actually found somebody asking the specific question about Lake Placid. <laughs> um, and so someone had said that they say that this is a Chinese crocodile. There is no such thing as a Chinese crocodile. And crocodiles also do not migrate. And that's mm. the, the, the explanation we get is it's a Chinese crocodile and its migration was messed up. So that's wrong. And they don't like the cold. So mm-hmm. they definitely would not be in Maine. There's really no reason for them to be up here. And again, as you said, we don't get an explanation to how it survived the winter. Yeah, yeah, we don't. We don't so get that explanation. So we're Maine is cold enough that your pee can steam, but this crop's totally no, this fine. This crop is totally absolutely fine. So in the middle of like the um investigation of Betty White, we also have Hector going off with one of the female deputies to go to land, land his helicopter in the cove and, I guess, get some more information about the croc. Um, not a whole lot to this, but, like, he... The croc eats the cow at Betty White's farm, comes back to the cove, and Hector turns around in the water and is face-to-face with the croc, slowly coming up to him. So, yeah, so he's back. He's slowly swimming... Back to the thing. Yeah. The female deputy is like, oh my god. Also, I would like to point out that when they first get there and he he did not tell her that she was that he was going in the water, she says, I will sleep with you if you don't go in the water. <laughs> and I'm like, I think you were going to sleep with him regardless because you're super into him, but also like, okay, that's yeah, weird. <laughs> she's in the helicopter. Like, of course she was going to sleep, sleep with, with him. him. <laughs> Yo, I also have to say, they you get a shot of the interior of the helicopter. It's fucking velvet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so he he comes face to face and he says, you're different from the others. Yeah, okay, there's this whole thing where he supposedly can, like, read a crocodile by looking him in the eyes. Later on, he talks about it. He's like, I saw his eyes. He looked dishonest. Yeah. <laughs> there's something like that. Oh no, he says that there's more honesty in a crocodile's eyes. He looked, than... Yeah, more honesty in a crocodile's eyes, but he was saying that this crocodile is oh, yes, that not to be trusted or dishonest. Do not tr- or so yeah, and so he he goes he also goes through a couple different uh deities as he is being, you know, like 
<laughs> he's like, Holy Spirit of Subek. Holy, holy ghost. Uh, holy shit. <laughs> he, he gets out of the water, but he does a, he pulls a very Jaws move where he has a inflatable something or other. Yeah, it's like some, some raft that the croc is, goes after. So yeah, so he pulls that. Croc, uh, the croc escape. goes after it. He's able to get into the helicopter. But croc does do a bite of like one yeah, of the buoys. He, yeah, he takes a bite out of the buoy. They are able to get out safe. They get back to camp and Flow Flow is coming. Florida fishing game is on the way. Yeah, Jack's on the phone with them and says, Florida fishing game's gonna be here in three, three hours. hours. Fucking amazing response time yep, to get to like a northern tip of Maine from Florida. Yes. So I uh, growing up I lived in Georgia and we did make the trip to we drove from Georgia to Maine. Yeah. It was about two days. Two days driving. Driving. Yeah. So, I'm assuming they're flying. <laughs> uh, I think it's like even six hours just to fly. So, like, three hours is insanely unrealistic. Yeah, maybe helicopter. Helicopter, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> the fastest so, helicopter. So, yeah, they say that they're coming and immediately Hector is like, okay, look, if they come, they're going to kill it. We gotta protect it. I think it. we should capture it. We should drug it. I've got lots of drugs. I have a oil tanker in Portland yeah. that I can put it in. And Kelly also agrees. Yeah, which is blows my mind. <laughs> I everybody gets on board with this idea. Jack gets on pretty quickly. Like, Jack gets on. It's, the... it's within a minute or so where he's like, okay, uh, where's your net? Yeah. Let's do this. So he gets as many people as he can. There are way more people in this next scene, so I thought Florida had already showed up. Mm -hmm. They have not showed no, up yet. No, no, it is just so they are just the all hands on deck. Yeah, everybody in their ward in the game war in the warden service. Everybody. Now, now this is that's so funny that the game wardens are all on board for this because let's just talk about this just logis just like basic understanding of this crocodile and game wardens and what should be the normal response. This is an invasive species yes. to Maine, yes. and these game wardens are advocating that they protect it. Well, yes. I guess take it out alive. Yes. But still, like, why are they trying so hard? Maybe because <laughs> it's the only Chinese crocodile in the world. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so everybody has trank guns. And they say, you know, make sure you hit it in the soft spots. It will not pierce its back. In which case, I'm like, holy shit, that's, that's a very specific way that you have to hit this crocodile. That all of the soft parts are on the underbelly. It's dragon <laughs> um, rules, yeah. Yeah. So, and then also Mad-Eye Moody is given a bazooka, question mark? Do I you know what that is? He had this fucking grenade launcher just yeah. in his trunk. <laughs> Yeah, this whole time. That's right. He shows us at the beginning. Yeah, he shows it off. He's like, check this out. <laughs> like, okay, cool, man. I don't know what he'd be using that on. Uh, bears? Yeah, gotta use it on gotta bears. Gotta use it on a bear. So, yeah. So, we find out that the crocodile is conservatively um, 30 feet. They say that Florida's going to be there within three hours, but it is now nighttime. Yeah. By the time they set this up. Yeah. Uh, the sun set very quickly if, if it's within three hours. <laughs> So, so they're using a cow to lure out the crocodile. Yeah, 
right off the bat, this is a stupid fucking this is idea. A stupid idea. So they have it sort of attached to the helicopter. Yeah. And he's sort of dunking it like a tea bag. Yep. <laughs> in and out of the water. No, he literally dunks the cow in the water for three hours. Conservatively, yes, yeah. about three hours. <laughs> um, and it's not nothing's happening. It's not working. So he's they're like, you know, bring right, it up. Right before they give up, though, we get a blip on the radar. Yeah. Here comes the croc. Everybody's on deck. Everybody's aiming. Um, and. We get a, a nice visual of. He's ta- he's bringing the cow to to land. Yeah. Trying they're they're attempting to get the crocodile on land mm-hmm. so they can you know do what needs doing. Yeah. All hell breaks the loose though. Croc is able to of course get a hold of the fucking yeah. cow. He gets a hold of the cow attached to the helicopter. The helicopter comes down. It crashes. It's very. It's a set, actually, this is the set piece. Actually, no. He doesn't get hold of the crocodile or uh, of the cow. The Hector fucks up. Like, he voids the ca- avoids the crocodile and then isn't able to adjust properly and then starts crashing. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and he lets go of the cow. So the cow's in the water. The helicopter comes down. And Hector, they, they are not sure what Hector's status is because so much just happened all at once. We don't know where the cow is. We don't know where the croc is. Hector is not responding. Mm-hmm. But he he comes out. And he's dazed. He's like, everyone's saying, just stay, stay on there, stay, stay on there. Stay on there. And he is coming out. And you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. The croc comes at him. He, he falls in the water. Yeah, he falls in the water and then is able to get back onto the helicopter. Croc almost gets him. Um, and then we go through this whole situation where the croc is kind of in and out of the water yes um mad eyes really like hoping that he can use his freaking grenade launcher he really on this wants thing. to use his grenade launcher yeah he's just itching for it got the grenade launcher <laughs> uh, but at any rate the cow the croc gets in this situation where okay bridget goes into the water as the croc is like coming up and trying to like mess with everybody. The croc is like getting hit with actual bullets and is getting shot now, besides just the trank darts yeah. that I was thrown at. Yes. So it's looking a little beat up and bloodied. Um, but Bridget, like, in being chased by the croc, goes to the helicopter where Hector's at. Because Hector says, Swim to me. Yeah. Like, and they're like, Fucking idea. <laughs> it swims faster than it walks. Yeah. Yeah, it swims much, but she makes it over there. They're, so they're on the, I really, it's very hard to keep track of this whole thing. It's a lot of chaos and we get to the, but let's just wrap it up and like the croc comes through the helicopter, the fucking helicopter on the other side of where uh, Bridget and Hector are. So they jump off into the water, swim to land and the crocodile is Crocodile is like dragging itself self. up there, trying to swim and is stuck fully head in the, um, in the helicopter. Yes. And Bridget is like, but wait, look, 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 look at him, look at him. And he's like, starts he, he giving starts up. He starts getting sad. He's and very, the, apparently the, the drugs are taking effect now. Correct. So Hector's like, look at him, like we can save him, we can use him. Yeah. Jack is given the basically the decision to kill the crocodile or 
or not. Because Mad Eye can't do it. He doesn't want to do it. Mad Eye don't want to do it. He looks at it and it's all beat up and bloody and he's like, oh, as much as I want to use this grenade launcher, I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, but so Jack makes his final decision, cocks a gun. No! And shoots a dart into yeah, it's the just crotch. A trank dart. It's just a trank dart. Oh, it's like, so, Bridget, it's you know like... what the trank guns look like. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, he did it for her. Cause yeah. He looks at her and he gives her a little smile. For some fucking reason. <laughs> everything's wonderful. And then another fucking crock comes out of the water. And, and freaking Mad-Eye does not hesitate. He immediately blows it up. <laughs> we get a solid one second shot frame of this croc going roar and then it explodes. Yeah, because it, it attacks Hector. Hector's on the ground. He's like fuck! And Mad-Eye is just like don't touch my boyfriend. Because that's the other thing is they have this whole love-hate relationship because they end up together all the time. Yeah, a bromance does develop between Hector and, and Mad-Eye throughout the whole film. <laughs> yeah, like, oh yeah, because there's that whole stupid scene earlier even where um, uh, Mad-Eye gets stuck in one of the uh, oh, yes. the traps of Hector again, and like it's flung up as uh, against a counterweight that brings him like into the air, yes. which is hilarious to me in a couple of reasons. Like one, it's like why are you fucking setting up these traps everywhere? And two, how would have that helped against <laughs> the, the giant crocodile that you saw? He also earlier? falls into the hole. Yeah, he falls into the hole. Right, he falls into the croc hole. Yeah, so he, he he goes after Hector a lot because he keeps falling into Hector's traps, but also at the same time they have this camaraderie. So Yeah, I mean, he, he saves he falls under Hector's trap a little later that night, if you know So yeah, so he he grenades the second croc to save Hector's life and everyone else's life. So yeah, so they have and so People like, celebrate. Also, very important shot. We see the cow traips off the from the water. The cow is safe. Cow and also, is safe. this is when Florida shows up. Yeah, Florida finally shows up and is just like, uh, <laughs> and, okay. And Jack just says to them, oh, um, we caught it. Yeah. yeah, take it to my oil tank in Portland. <laughs> and so we, you know, Hector goes to the hospital and who goes with him? Mm-hmm. Mad Eye goes with him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, because both Jack and Bridget are just looking at each other like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jack and Bridget go together, and Jack is like, You want to go to a bar or something? And Bridget's like, I hope the glasses are clean. One more demeaning <laughs> comment about well, how dirty first, people from Mexico At first, <laughs> he's like, Well, I gotta go. And she's like, Yeah, I guess I'm gonna go pack up, I guess. And then when he gets in his truck, she goes over to him and she's like, so I guess people in Maine don't make moves, huh? And I'm oh, like, yeah. so she was waiting for him to say something and that's when he's like, I'll take you to this bar I know. And she's fucking rude to this bar. Yeah, <laughs> you haven't even know. been there. Dude, could be a really nice place. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so they get together. We see... Our last we, shot is... Betty White. Yep, she's walking out on her dock. So apparently she did not get in any trouble. No. (laughs) (laughs) She's totally fine. Not only admitted to killing her husband earlier, and no one gave a shit about that, uh, (laughs) to later, yeah, not getting in trouble for feeding this monster that killed two people. Uh, Two people, a cow, a bear, and a moose. Yep. 
Baron Moose. The kill count that we have. <laughs> Supposedly two cows because there was that one cow that was already in the water. Yes, correct. Yeah. I'm assuming many more cows before that. Yes. Six years worth of cows. <laughs> Six years worth of cows. Yeah. It's a tragedy. <laughs> uh, why does, wherever she gets the cows from, why aren't they like, hey, Betty. Um, where do where those you cows go? going? Do you sell these pretty fast? Because it doesn't look like you are. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And our final shot, Betty out on her dock, throwing breadcrumbs out to the water. We get a shot of her feet and there's a bunch of little crocodile babies so i guess the assumption is that there are two croc there were two crocodiles a mommy and a daddy well yeah there's the big croc and then the croc that mad eye immediately blows up without question um is a very is much smaller Smaller. like way smaller like a normal crocodile sized like crocodile uh and then we have all these babies and nobody i feel like i'm asking where the fuck is the other giant crocodile because that, to me, makes more sense. Is that part two of Lake Placid is, oh, yeah, there was another one, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And I don't know if the second one takes place in Maine. You don't think so? Because the summary of the first one says it takes place in Maine. Like, that's in, that's in the log line. Yeah, yeah. In, this, in the second one, it just says some locals of a town. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if they kept with the Maine theme or if they're just kind of like... You know, it's the same things happening in another town. <laughs> that's, oh no. That's our entire film, um, Lake Placid. What a fucking treat that was. <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy it. I re- I do enjoy it for what it is, which is meant to be this campy, silly horror, sort of horror movie. Yeah. And for the most part, because I also wanted to sort of discuss if I think it accurately represents Maine. Yeah. It's not bad. Not bad? It's not bad. And not like the average Joe settings. I would say that like the shots of the towns that we did get a little bit. Like, yeah, no, that seemed like a normal Maine kind of yeah, town. Yeah, it, it, it definitely, it definitely resembles like we have a friend up in Washington, like who we went up to her camp in Washington. And so the town is very similar to that where there's like a general store. Mm-hmm. Everything's a little spaced out. But, yeah. You know, the locals all seem very familiar with one another. Like I said, I very much appreciate that there are no accents because I think that that would have immediately made my joy of the film go, go away. And we wouldn't want Steve Miner to cheapen himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go in for those uh, the cheap shots. But yeah. no, I think that for the most part... And, it, it, and everything looks like, you know, we have the boat that says Arista County and... It has like the little license plate, the numbers that the boats have on it. Yeah. So all of that feels real yeah, to and, me. And everybody dressed like appropriately for Maine. Like I like that Jack Wells, even though he's this game warden, he's just wearing the freaking uniform shirt and jeans. And I'm like, yeah, nope, that's yeah, like a that normal. Tracks. That's a Maine Fisher dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everything seen, and I mean, most of the time people are just we see a lot of deputies there's really one other person that we see and she's in the town and she's just some sort of like young townie and i'm like yeah this looks like 90s clothes oh yeah for sure you know it's they don't they don't do anything that's you know she's a young girl living in a main town but she's a young girl so she's dressed like a young lady so she's just dressed normally Mm -hmm. 
And I like that because it wasn't like, mm, let's just throw L.L. Bean all over the place. <laughs> Everybody wears flannels and fishing hats. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy everyone seemed to just be people. Yeah. Everyone was very normal. Not, no. Like regular people weren't over the top. The most over the top person is Hector. And that's his character. Yeah, that's his whole character. Yeah. And like I said before, I like that the sort of presumptions about main people are more from the outsiders. And Yeah, Kelly just shitting on Mainers <laughs> any chance she gets, talking about how dirty our restaurants are. Yeah. And uh, how how nobody showers apparently. Yeah. So <laughs> I I think that I think on a scale of one to ten, I'd probably give this a seven in yeah, I think that they did a pretty good job of m- making it feel like Maine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's Lake Placid. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode of Homegrown Horror where we uh, talk about this silly film. <laughs> yeah, so we have some other ones that we're going to... We have some other films that we want to watch to bring to y'all. What are you excited for? I really want to do... The pet cemeteries. The pet, all the new. I want to just. Ones. I we are not watching the second one. Okay. <laughs> we can watch the. We can watch the, the two. Um, Lake Placid was the one I think I was looking the most towards. Oh, Casper. Casper. Casper takes Is place in Casper Maine. a horror movie. I'm calling it a horror. Movie. There's a ghost. a ghost. We're counting it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there are a lot of Stephen King ones that I'm looking forward to. Because I, I've seen a lot, I have seen some Stephen King movies, but not all, not all of them. I'm yeah. going to be very well versed in Stephen King after this. Yeah, yeah, we have to be. I feel like if we have any right to host this podcast, we need to get more into the Stephen King-iverse. So yeah, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing, the reason I'm looking forward to doing the two, the two Pet cemeteries is because Pet cemetery has always been one that has scared the fuck out of me, so I've never touched it. Mm-hmm. Well, like with it, I, I will not. But I'm also looking forward to doing a compare and contrast of them. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much for uh, sharing Lake Placid with me, listeners. Go give it a watch sometime. It's a it's a trip. It's really fun. And again, like I think quintessential '90s sort of silly action thriller. Yeah, it's very fun. Yeah. So I guess um, what should we leave people with today? Don't feed crocodiles if you find don't, them. Don't feed crocodiles. Uh, but, you know, look up your local laws. And yeah. if it's not in there, fair game. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again, y'all. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You can reach out to us on our Twitter at HGHpod or on our Instagram at Homegrown Horror Pod. We hope to see you again soon.